Hi, welcome to the Generation Nerd Podcast, where we talk about all things nerd. My name is Aiden, and I will be your host as we explore the wild and wacky world of nerd. In today's episode, we are talking about the new Eternals movie. I'm so excited about that. It was an amazing movie. You guys better go see it. And the Hogwarts of D&D, Strixhaven. Let's dive on in. First... I wanted to talk about Eternals. There's so much in this, and I'm so excited about it. It was a great movie. So, first, I wanted to talk about Erosham and the other Celestials. We only really meet Erosham and see, um, like, three or four other Celestials, but we also met Tiamat. Tiamat is actually from the comics. She's the sleeping Celestial. Uh, he is actually really interesting because he ends up, instead of, um, communicating with Ajax, who is the Prime Celestial, he decides to communicate with Makari, who in the comics is a boy. It's really interesting, and he's kind of like this cool character. And we also see some of that where, so, in it, we kind of realize that, um... Tiamat joined their Unimind at the very end. There's spoilers ahead. Okay, watch the movie. And they basically realized that the, uh, since it joined their Unimind, it consented, like, this is not good what we're doing. This is not okay. And I think they can go two ways with this. I think either it will become, like, the Avengers headquarters, like, another Celestial does in the comics, or it will be able to still be communicated with through one of the other Celestial, or through one of the other Eternals, which I think is going to be pretty awesome. I also really like the way they visualized the um, communicating with it, how the ball kind of came out and went back in, and then the ball was also able to be used to um, become their new mind. Uh, I also wanted to talk about Eternals and their myths. So, there's eternal, there's a total of ten Eternals we see in the movie, not including Eros, who we see at the end of the movie, which I'm getting to. And we learn a lot about them. And so, I wanted to start with the most prominent one, Icarus. Icarus, from mythology, you probably all know. It's uh, very interesting. So he is in prison, and they, he and his uncle basically build the, these wings, and they fly off. But as they're flying, his wings melt, and he falls, because he flies too close to the sun. Which, so this myth, we learn, was caused by, was like, basically made by Sprite when they were still in um, Athens. So, it was originally a myth, but Icarus, in the end of the movie, sadly ends up flying into the sun because he's just so full of guilt that he could do something so awful and evil uh, as to turn against his fellow Eternals, his family. So, I, I just find that very sad. Um, we also meet Cersei, uh, who basically inspired the myths about Cersei. Uh, in the Odyssey, I believe, the Odyssey, uh, how it's called, goes out and they find 
a they go on this island and they find this witch who turns men into pigs and there's this whole adventure that they do because like all the crews turn into pigs except for one Odysseus and the, he has to manage to get her to not turn them into pigs so that's really interesting and it kind of turns like what uh Dave, uh, Dave Whitman, Dan Whitman is saying about, um, the, she, he's like, can you turn me into a giraffe? And he's like, I always wanted to be, so Cersei, we know now can turn in stuff into living beings and other living things. So I guess that's probably what inspired the story, uh, Cersei's powers. Drig, I couldn't really find anything on in my research, and... I, other than that, Druig in German means, uh, friend, so I don't know, maybe because he's kind of friend of humanity, and it kind of sounds like Druid, like, who, like, helps, like, nature, I guess? I don't really know. So, that one's kind of a little bit vague. Not all of them have myths. Uh, Fastos, uh, gets basically becomes Hephaestus, the Greek god of the forge, and inventing, because, for obvious reasons. Uh, Athena becomes Athena, uh, goddess of war and crafts, I guess. Uh, Gilgamesh inspires Gilgamesh's epic, probably through Sprite, and Sprite inspires sprites, like the mythical beings, and also, strangely, Tinkerbell. Uh, she inspired in the comics, and Sprite is probably the most influential person in the team because she inspires uh, Peter Pan. She inspires most of their other myths revolving around them. She's really the storyteller of the team. Uh, she so. She actually goes in front of the person who write, ends up writing Peter Pan, dressed up like Peter Pan, and inspires him to write that story. And she also helps out Houdini, it looks like. Uh, yeah. Maca I didn't find anything from Makari and Ajak and Kingo. So, maybe, if you guys find stuff, I'll probably put something in the comments section. And please respond. I'd love to see if you guys found anything that I didn't. Uh, I want to go over their powers now. Aja has the ability to heal. She is also, for the first part of the movie, the Prime Eternal, meaning she can communicate with the Celestials, which very interesting power, because obviously she is the Prime Eternal, and that kind of connects the Eternals and the Celestials even though they end up severing them. Uh, Icarus, basically, he can fly and shoot lasers, just like Superman, which I talked about in last episode. There's a lot of DC references, like um, Festus uh, uh, calls uh, Kingo's valet, uh, Alfred, uh, Festus, um, and then, no, no, uh, Gilgamesh says that, and then Festus says, should I call you Clark now to, to uh, Icarus? So then 
uh, Cersei can turn matter into other matter. She's kind of like an alchemist, I guess you could say, which is really interesting. Druig um, can control people's minds. That's basically his power. Festus can control, um, can like make new stuff. He's like magic creator. It's kind of like the artificer from d and guess the best way I can describe him. Uh, Thena is obviously can create like these magical weapons out of thin air. She's really cool. Gilgamesh, uh, Gilgamesh is like w- way super strong and he can like, he has this magical punch thing where he can like create like shockwaves and stuff. It's really cool. And Kingo, he can like shoot lasers. Like, he can shoot, like, little balls with, like, finger guns. I'm not really sure his actual power. Huh. That's weird. So, Sprite, uh, can create illusions. And Makari can go really, 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 really fast. There's also another, uh, Eternal that we meet in the movie. Eros. Or Star Fox. He's from the comics. And it's... Really cool how it's Harry Styles who plays him. So, I also think... So, basically, Eros's power is he can manipulate other people's emotions. And he, in the comics, he uses it for some not great stuff. Uh, which I won't go into because this is a family show. And, yeah, so... Because of uh, his powers, he kind of becomes like this, basically this awesome character, where he like, he just goes on tons of shenanigans, and it's really fun. Uh, but also, he like also has the typical stuff. He can fly. He can be super strong. Uh, also, here's another interesting thing. He's brother of Thanos. Thanos was actually a a eternal with a uh, deviant gene is really interesting because it shows that they probably could have gotten involved with that. But Thanos could also have been trying to stop the Celestials. When he snapped, we know that he slowed down, he diverted the emergence. So it's possible that uh, Thanos was working against the Celestials. Who knows? Uh, Eros also has one of his little, one of the little golden balls that he can communicate with the Celestials. So, that's, I find all that kind of interesting. Actually, Zeno in the comics is half, uh, sister, no, cousin of Thanos and Eros. Because, uh, Thena's father, king of the Earth, uh, Eternals in the comics, uh, are is the uh, brother of Lars, Thanos' and Thanos and Eros' father. So that's obviously a big deal because it also shows how like off and like kind of unconnected to the rest of the Eternals that the Earthen Eternals are. So uh, Pip is also kind of an interesting character. He's kind of like Eros's, like, kind of, like, tag-along character. Originally in the comics, he was 
uh, he was uh, Adam Warlock's kind of character, but that we know Adam's coming uh, in probably in the next episode, Guardians of the Galaxy movie. We don't know, but that should be interesting to see. And that's kind of all I got on uh, Eternals. So, yeah. D um, and next, I want to talk about D&D Hogwarts Strixhaven. It is literally D&D's Hogwarts. It has six schools, uh, no, five schools of magic and other magic-y stuff. And it is basically the school, and it's really interesting. I want to talk about the five schools. There's Lower Hold. College of Arche Archaeomancy. They're kind of like explorers and adventurers. They like, they're kind of like the scholars and the historians of the world. And uh, the school's kind of built into this cliffside. It's like these castles and these monuments to ancient people. It's really cool. But they're kind of the explorers of it. They have a Ish school to have a master, uh, not master, mascot, kind of like Hogwarts. It's kind of really based off Hogwarts. So if you want a kind of wizardy school themed story, I would get this one because it's really interesting. I've been reading up on what's going to be in it. It's going to be coming out next month, and it's really cool. Um, they like yeah. So their mascot is like these spirit statues where basically these statues that are kind of carved to look like the spirits that inhabit them. The next one I wanted to talk about is Prismari uh, College of Elemental Arts. It is this school where they are, they're like, they're like the artists and like inventors of the world, so they're kind of like, yeah, so, so yeah, so they're kind of artists, uh, their mascot is obviously the elemental, and its school is a, uh, towering building, uh, which provides sweeping views of the city of Arcovius, so, really cool, I think that's probably the school I would be part of, honestly. Uh, the next one is Quandrick's College of Numeromancy. It's basically a school for mathematicians and engineers. They kind of study engineering, physics, statistics, and other such majors. Uh, so that's really cool. Their mascot is Fractals. Uh, it's an artificial life form that mimics a real-world creature but can be readily modified by Quandrix magics, Quandrix mages. So basically, like, let's say I had a cat and I wanted a dragon. I could magically turn one of these fractals into a dragon. So kind of powerful. Uh, so they're kind of pets and companions to people at Quandrix. Uh, if this towering building, which it's really cool because it, like, it might look like today, like, it might look like a, I don't know, a castle, but, like, tomorrow it might look like a cathedral, 
and that's kind of interesting because it's like magically adapts to whatever people like the times so silver quill college of eloquence uh silver quill uh students are quick-witted and charismatic rages mages who magic weaponizes words they are bards obviously and they uh go to a school where it's like it's like so best described as an elegant train station with balconies and daisies aplenty is what the website I'm looking at says about it, which is the D&D Beyond website. There's a bunch of posts that D&D has put out there, so I would check those out. The school makes uh, writers, public speakers, and lawyers. The mascot is an inkling, uh, which is uh, an amorphous creature made from magical ink, so kind of cool. So, and then the last school, but certainly not least, Witherbloom College of Essence Studies. Witherbloom mages study creatures and plants of all manner and learn how to protect, enhance, and exploit them. Mages are home in the wild, whether picking herbs to brew restorative potions or disrupting the natural balance of the world by raising dead creatures to do their bedding. Uh... They are agriculturists, biologists, healers, and necromancers. So, kind of either wizards or um, druids. And the college is located in a bayou. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. It's a building that's kind of like rising out of the earth. It's kind of like almost the best I can describe it as is like... Kind of what uh, Sokovia looked like, kind of flying out, but more medievally, and kind of like lots of wild wilderness and creatures kind of roaming around. Uh, their mascot is a pest, a tiny sized worm. They bite without provocation and are decorated in spikes. They are convenient on hand, however, they readily dissolve into life ef- the life essence Witherbloom mages can use to fuel their magic. It's like magic fuel, so that's also really useful. I'm really excited for this book to come out. I'm trying to get my hands on the new, uh, the new, uh, the new D&D book that literally just came out, uh, Fitzbane Treasury of Dragons, but I haven't so far. Once I do, I will make an episode on it, but remember to... Leave a review and subscribe so you don't miss uh, our future episodes. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we'll see you next time on Generation Nerd. Nerd out.